What's up, everybody? Let's spin some yarn. Uh, I apologize if this sounds slightly different. I finally got an app that is working uh, to record in the car on the way home. Thank God. So I'm about to get busy. <laughs> so I could actually get some stuff laid down for you guys. Um, today I'm going to talk about. So I, I, I've been. It's been recommended to me numerous times by listeners to check out the Navy's subreddit, uh, which I've done since the, I, I got it numerous times and I finally went and checked it out. Um, and I, I'm making it part of my habit to kind of get on there and check some stuff. I posted a few times, uh, and kind of commented on some stuff to try to help some people out. Uh, but I've been reading some of the threads too, just kind of sitting back and, and getting some of the unadultered like feedback that I feel like when you go to like an all hands call and the questions are asked, you know, a lot of this is racing through people's heads, but they can't say it out loud because the consequences just aren't worth it. Right. Uh, I do it. There's a lot of times where there's things I want to say out loud to, you know, CNO, VC, you know, McPond, Fleet, whatever, that even if I said it professionally with some tact, I know I would just get a huge ration of grief when I got back to the office from you name it in the chain of command. Right. So, uh, it, it's interesting to see the different viewpoints and, and, um, arguments against and for things. And a lot of it is really just like brutal, blunt honesty, which I think is, is pretty interesting because it's like a, you get to kind of just sit there like a fly on the wall and check this stuff out. Um, and so pretty soon I'm going to start posting little discussion threads just to kind of see what I can get out of people for some of the topics that I talk about or, or some of the things that I'm just interested to see what, what sailors think. And, And there's no, you know, I tried to create this platform in a way that there'd be like zero fear of any kind of reprisal, but like, you know, you guys send me emails from your, either your, you know, military accounts or your personal accounts. And like, I have your name and I have everything else. So it's like, I, I get, I get why there's still kind of a barrier there. Um, and hopefully as I kind of build trust with people and a reputation that there is no fear of that. But I mean, on Reddit, you're completely anonymous unless you don't want to be right. Like you just create this profile. You don't got to put your picture on it. You got to do anything really. Um, and you can just talk and say whatever you want. And it's, so it's super interesting because you get a lot of just brutal honesty. And sometimes you have to kind of wade through the, uh, the emotion of it. Like there's people that are very clearly like bitter, jaded, got burned somehow angry. Right. And and they're venting that. Um, and so it's very like biased opinions towards whatever, you know, bad experience or opinion that they hold based on their experiences. Right. But it, the key being that it's based on their experiences, right? There's some experience, even even if it was more minor than they let on, right? Which I don't think it always is. I think a lot of the times it's probably they're probably being honest because you know, they really have a reason not to be, other than they just want to like lampoon us, right? But um, but it's interesting to see that when there is no filter and there is no anything that that based on those experiences they're sharing their unadulterated opinions, right? There's nothing holding them back from saying exactly how they feel about it, even though, you know, there's probably some emotion attached to that, right? So uh, one of the, th- the threads I read recently that I thought was really interesting, I'm pretty sure I didn't comment on it, uh, but I-, I thought it was really interesting was uh, there's a guy that put this like roast the mess thing up, right? So it's basically just post your criticism of the chief's quarters or of, of the chief's mess, um, and roasting meaning like make fun of or, and, and, but a lot of it wasn't like, it wasn't like in good fun, right? Like they were attacking and, it, and it's good though, because there's, 
there's nuggets in there, right? There's definitely like uh, some really good perspectives that generally, what other forum are you going to have where that conversation can happen? Like, I don't know that there is one. Um, so I was reading about, uh, there's a couple of different threads where, but one in particular stuck out to me where there's a guy that left the Navy enlisted and became an officer in the army. And he was sharing his experiences with their NCOs and, and some of the things that they do differently, that there's not a separation, uh, which I've heard before from, I worked, uh, it wasn't, a, I was on an army base, but, uh, I worked with air force NCOs, army NCOs, Marine Corps NCOs, uh, and a few Coast Guard NCOs, and I got to see some of the differences, and I got to kind of interact with them. I didn't get to work within their units, so I don't have the same perspective that this guy does. Uh, but I did think it was really interesting the way that uh, they that the services are different, and that I, I'm also acutely aware of the impression I got, especially of the Army. A lot of my friends that were Army NCOs in a different community than I work in, but that were stationed on the same uh, post basically told me that it's not the same everywhere and that the impression I got there wasn't necessarily the same as I would somewhere else. So like, I guess there were some things that were done differently on this base. Um, it was a training command for all the services. And so it was kind of, I don't know exactly what they meant because I've never been in the army, but, uh, but anyway, I I mean, this is the exposure that I've had. And so I got to work with those uh, senior NCOs from every service. And I'd spent a lot of time because I was doing the podcast back then. I got to spend a lot of time asking them questions and talking to them about, um, how the services differ. And especially I spent a lot of time asking about like leadership development and education, like how that's different in all the services. And I'm going to, I'm going to lead into why that matters here in, in a bit. But, uh, the interesting thought thing about this guy's thread about him talking about how it's different is he talked about basically how much better it was. Like there's not some large degree of separation. Um, they don't have like a clubhouse to retreat into where they're, they act special and they they act like they're better than, uh, junior, uh, soldiers and, and basically like they wear the same uniform. Um, and that, you know, like their leaders eat last, not first, which, you know, you'll see on ships. And I mean, I'm assuming it's the same on ships as it is on submarines. I know some ships have like a completely separate mess. So that's a thing, right? On submarines, we just have our own table. We sit at a table. Um, a lot of times it's like, the chiefs eat first. And then when the chiefs are done eating, it's like, we just let whoever sit at the table anyway. That's how it's operated on the submarines I've been on. And because I run the meal and service and everything else, it's like, as soon as the seats are open and no chiefs are sitting in them, I just tell junior and list of guys to sit there, uh, to not hold up the meal service, but it's neither here nor there. It's a little different on submarines is my point. Uh, but we do have a chief's mess where we can go. It's also our birthing area that they're the same. It's like, it's like a little lounge and then it's our birthing area as well. Um, but we do have a place to go shut the door and talk about things. Right. So I was kind of like getting that, uh, really blunt, honest, raw feedback on how the chief's mess is different than, uh, the NCO community, the senior NCO communities and other services. And I thought some of it was really good. Like I, I, I was surprised that I hadn't really given it a lot of thought. Like I don't usually eat first. Sometimes I do. Um, but like on a submarine, usually I'm working during the meal. So it's like, I don't, it's not, not like it's never happened. Like my cooks, uh, and FSAs generally eat before the meal because during the meal they're working, right? Same thing. So like I'll eat before, a lot of times I eat after the meal, um, just cause I'm busy or something's going on. Right. But then when I stand watch, I'll eat with the oncoming guys, whatever it's, I, I don't usually go in early with all the other chiefs. It's a little different on submarines because almost all the chiefs stand watch. So, um, 
But I did think it was interesting because it is a thing everywhere where the Chiefs like have that front of the line privilege or they eat first or whatever. And it never really struck me as weird. It was just kind of it was one of those things that I don't know why it didn't jump out at, at me is kind of odd. But like I'm literally about to read a book called Leaders Eat Last. <laughs> it's like it, when I read that thread and I had just downloaded the book, it kind of clicked in my head like, wow, that is kind of weird. Why do we do that? Um, and, and I don't know why I'm, I'm going to do a little research to see if I can figure out why, like where that came from. Uh, but there are some things that I th- think we probably do a little backwards, right? It, because when we created a separation, we created privileges with it. And I don't know that they're always warranted because I, I, as a, again, as, as a cook, I look at the way that we do wardroom service and I always kind of thought it was absurd. Like the, the way that we creating the separation, I don't think is always a bad thing. I do think like it, it can be very productive for leadership to have a place to go and plan and discuss and do things away from, uh, other people. And I, you know, I, to try to say that there's never that separation is also ridiculous because there are, there's, an, I don't know a lot of first sergeants that don't have an office. I don't know a lot of, you know, senior NCOs that don't have a place that is their workspace. It's not a congregation point for NCOs, but, uh, but still there's a place for them to go and close the door and talk to other senior NCOs. But I think that piece in and of itself, it can be productive. I think that, um, some of the things people think happen behind that closed door are often mischaracterized as I've talked about before. Um, they, you know, think we're back there like hatching a plan to take over the world or something. But it's like, and it's like nefarious in nature. Uh, it's not, but I can't, you know, convince anyone of that until they step through the looking glass and they're in the, in the cheese mess. But, um, but the, there's a lot of other things that they kind of just basically made the, the characterization of like army NCOs as being, uh, like selfless and, and soldiers first. And there wasn't a separation. They were always accessible. And, and like, I thought it was interesting in ways that how we differ, right? The, the different uniforms, the different, there's a lot of things that separate the chiefs from junior enlisted. And you get a lot of feedback from junior enlisted that it's like, Oh, you've changed since you made chief or you forgot where you came from, or, you know, you don't act the same since you put on anchors and blah, blah, blah. Right. Like, and you're right, like I, because uh, something very obvious and and large changed. But why? But then the counter argument being like, so if a first class is in a leadership position as an LPO, why would they be acting in some gigantic and different way than a chief would be? Why is there such a huge separation between a uh, first class and a chief? Because, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not a marine, but Staff NCOs start in the Marine Corps earlier. I, I know that. I want to say it's E6. I, it could be E5. I'm not, I'm, I'm not 100% sure. But it's it's earlier. And so it's like, why? Like, I know an E5 is an NCO, but I think there's a separation with staff NCO. I'd have to look it up. I'm probably butchering this, and I apologize to any Marines that are listening. I'll ask somebody a question as soon as I get home. But um, the, the point being that it starts earlier, and they're not – it's like you're a leader. You're an NCO. The end. There's not – like a gigantic difference uh, between senior NCOs and, and, and junior NCOs, I guess. I don't. I don't even know if they call them that. It's just an NCO, um, which is not commissioned officer. For anybody that doesn't know that off the top of your head, I don't. I did not explain that at the beginning. Um, but I guess the question is why. Like I, and 
I know a lot about the history of the Chief Petty Officer. I spent a lot of time studying this stuff. And while I think there are a ton of things that are really great, and I think some of the ways we differ from other services is a, it's great. And I think it's it's a good thing the majority of the time. I also see their point, I guess. Uh, and And what I mean by that is I see some things that I don't necessarily understand why we do. I don't necessarily think it's always a good thing even though it it can be a strength um and i'd be really interested to see like an in-depth comparison like even if that's just a a similar discussion uh and i'm probably going to ask that question because i know there are a lot of uh a lot of sailors or veterans that moved in other services or have other context in that kind of that thread that might be the the first discussion thing that i throw out there is kind of like hey how does it differ and what do other services do differently that we could do better? Because, I mean, I think it'd be foolish not to consider those things. It'd be foolish not to look at other services and see what they're doing better. And I can tell you that in the study of the Chiefs mess, from the junior enlisted perspective looking up, right, is that we've kind of lost our way and, and that there's a lot of bad stuff that happens and that, like, there's a lot of bad leadership and stuff like that. And, and I think there's too much, even though I think that the negative, the negativity that you see and that you're able to point at, it's, it's by far the minority. Uh, and, and I talked about that, the statistics that the fleet put out, uh, in one of the last spin the yarns I did where, you know, like while leadership is cited as the number one reason people separate from the Navy, it's also cited as the number one reason we retain people and we retained 77% last year. It's not perfect. I'm not saying I think it's good enough and that I think we should stop pursuing a way better retention rate. But if the people separating are listing the number one thing that they thought was great as leadership, that number probably goes up, right? Some people just decide that four years was enough, but they leave with a really positive experience and, and good things to say, right? So I, I think that number's probably a little higher, but I, I think we got a lot of work to do too. I think we'll always have a lot of work to do. I don't think it's, you're ever arriving, you're never done, right? But I think we could be better. And I think that a study of the other services and the way they do things could make us a lot better. Um, and then the last thing, and I've said it a million times before, is like, the problems that you all see, some of them are perception related, right? But some of them are very real. And I 100% agree with you that you're not always getting the leadership that you deserve, right? And some of that is related to a lot of different things. And it's not always, quote unquote, bad, toxic leadership, right? Like it's not always that, right? It's leaders learning, leaders growing, leaders developing. A lot of, vast majority of the time, I would say, people that put anchors on are not like 100% like, like ready to, to put it on and just go crush it as a chief. Like they're learning on the job. Is that the best way to do it? I no, it's not. And I think we could do a lot better, which is why this medium exists. Why you hear my voice talking to you is that I think as an organization, we are fundamentally mishandling leadership development and education. And I think a lot of the bad habits that the end user, you, the junior sailor has to deal with and has to experience as these people grow and figure it out, shouldn't always have to happen right? There's always going to be a learning curve, but we could do a lot more to address it and a lot more to bridge that gap so that it's not as painful for you, the end user, right? For, for the junior sailor that has to uh, interact with and be led by this leader, right? I think you get rid of a lot of the toxic experiences. You get rid of a lot of the just wild mishandling of something that, that wasn't necessarily because someone was just evil, 
And I think that's how we look at it as, as the junior sailor getting the brunt of that. Like I've been on both sides of it. I had a lot of really bad leadership or what I thought to be bad leadership. And I learned a lot of what not to do as a leader because of that, right? But then being on the other end of it, I guarantee you I could find at least half a dozen people that would say that I was a bad leader at one point in my career. They might still say it now, right? And I'm still learning to this day, right? I talk about that all the time too. Is the learning curve as steep? Absolutely not. I've got a lot of things figured out, but... I'm always learning new things. Like I had a big revelation recently when I talked about me getting mentored, right? Uh, I learned a lot as a result of some of the books he recommended. Um, and it's super interesting and I'm still digesting it, but it, the, the leadership development and education piece, if somebody is promoted through the ranks and their performance is valued, validated by promotion and by awards and by all these other things, but they're never, developed in the way that they should be, right? Because right now, outside of encountering the best command ever or happening upon a really strong mentor, how else does it happen? Honestly, because all the leadership development and education stuff is command delivered until they finally get this brick and mortar thing rolled out, which it looks like they're working on. Um, how else do you get it? I mean, the, the select the leadership courses for all the pay grades that are now mandatory. Awesome unless a command is taking that seriously, where are you getting your leadership development and education from? So validated all the way up and their behavior is validated. So why would they think they need to change it? Why would they think they need to study these things? Cause obviously they're doing it right. Cause they got promoted, right? Obviously they're doing it right. Cause they just put another NAM on their shelf. So you end up with people that are put in that position and there's a rapid like paradigm shift when you step into the chief's mess where we're trying to undo a lot of that validation in six weeks, which is why you see CPO 365 that turned into Sailor 360 and all these other things and laying the keel where we're trying to like create a mechanism to, to fix that completely devoid of brick and mortar formal leadership development education courses or NCO courses like some of the other services have, right? And again, I'm not saying those things are the answer to all our problems, but it's better than nothing, right? It, it, the the courses that they have in other services, right? So what I'm saying is until we until we fix that problem, it's like it's a it's a cultural problem, right? Where we have leaders that are put in leadership positions without any formal leadership development and education, without being formally trained for a job that we're asking them to do and then we're formally evaluating them on that we're holding them accountable for whether or not they're performing the right way. We qualify watches, right? We, we qualify and go to schools for collateral duties and for everything else. So we go to schools for our primary duties, for our ratings, and we go to follow-on schools for specialties and NECs, right? But there is zero formal leadership development and education after RTC and before the Senior Enlist Academy. It doesn't exist. And again, I think they're finally starting to just crest that hill where they're like, oh man, we really need to fix this. I think the, the new MCPON recognizes it and is going to start pushing hard. I think there's already a lot of stuff in development on the fleet level and some of the other stuff that, that hopefully will, will gain traction. I mean, hope is not a plan, but I, I see it coming slowly. But in absence of that, when you look at the leadership that's in place now, right? You look at the culture that exists now. Because it's like, it's part of our DNA. Like, we've been doing this for a long time. It's like, you, you're pointing at these leaders and saying, 
what the F are you doing, right? Like, that, that it's all jacked up and all this other stuff. But then put yourself in their shoes. If you stuck around and you continued on, would you walk through the doors of the Chiefs mess some, like, <laughs> some answer to all the problems? You're going to walk in the Chiefs mess some super chief? Because on the outside looking in, you're like, I could do that better. I mean, I challenge you to do it better. That's why I'm still here. I said that to myself. I'm like, you know, when I'm in that position, I'm going to do it so much better. Did I? I mean, I hope so. <laughs> I think so. Um, I definitely didn't, you know, do the, the things that I learned were negative from some of those leaders that I had, but I screwed some stuff up too. And I, and I know I did. I had conversations with guys about how I know I did. I'm actually going to go seek a guy out pretty soon that I just realized was in my area. And he was one of the guys that I, I couldn't quote unquote fix that I had trouble with. I've talked about him before and I, I heard he's in the area. So I'm going to go sit down and talk to him and be like, Hey man, why was I not the leader that could get through to you? Like, what was I doing wrong? Was it me? Was it you? Was it a combination of both? Were we just not a good fit together? I, I'm confident a lot of it was me. I'm confident a lot of it had to do with his maturity and where he was in life also. But, and I, and I suspect that I fig, I had figured out what motivated him, but I just couldn't bring myself to do what I needed to do to motivate him because I didn't think it was the right answer. And it doesn't matter what I think. It matters what he thinks. So we're, I'm going to have that talk with him soon, but... It, my point being that I thought it was really interesting that the perspective uh, and, and how the other services differ, right? I think it's really interesting when you get junior enlisted to start talking bluntly about, and I mean, I'm telling you this Reddit platform is a really cool tool to do that because there's no fear of reprisal because I don't know who these people are. Uh, I just know that they say, you know, hey, this, this is my context and this is why you guys suck. <laughs> and this is, you know, may or may not offer a solution on what to do about it, but whatever. Like, at least I've got the honest feedback to work with, right? Uh, and, and having that conversation about like, hey, everybody keeps saying the Chiefs mess is broken. The Chiefs mess is toxic. The Chiefs mess is the problem, right? Why? Tell me why. And that's that's the that's kind of the the discussion point I want to have in relation to the senior NCO thing and the comparison between other services. But even if you can't find the solution in an other in the other services NCOs, you know, culture or behavior or whatever, what's the solution? Like, tell me how do you actually fix it? Because I get a lot of the feedback of you guys suck and this is all these are all the things you're doing wrong. And if you have that opinion, what I'm saying is. There is 100% a reason for it. And the vast majority of the time it gets discounted as someone sea lawyering or someone just being disgruntled or they're just being junior enlisted. We did the same thing, right? But why did we do the same thing? Why did I get disgruntled? And it was because I had a leader that didn't get it. I had a leader that was not meeting my needs. I had a leader that was not giving me what I needed to do the job, to be successful personally and professionally, to to develop and, and be educated and trained and qualified. I wasn't getting what I needed. They weren't doing what I thought they should do, which translated is I wasn't getting what I needed. I wasn't getting what I needed. So if I'm not getting what I needed and your job is to give me what I need, clearly we're doing something wrong. I don't know what it is and I'm interested to find out, but there is at bare minimum 
a communication breakdown between our senior enlisted and our junior enlisted. And anybody that doesn't think that isn't paying attention. There's there's way too much going on right now. And, and this is something that I've seen just building and in conversations with all of the junior enlisted sailors that I've interacted with, with the thousands, and I'm, I, and I'm, I can prove that number, thousands of A school students that I made contact with while I was an instructor that I've stayed, and a lot of them I've stayed in contact with or have reached back to me if I haven't and had those types of conversations. Like, why don't they get it? Like, why aren't they listening? Why are, why are, did I have this toxic experience, right? Because a chief is supposed to be a chief. Like it's supposed, there's supposed to be consistency. There's supposed to, you're supposed to be able to go to a chief and get an experience of a chief, not a wildly varying experience, not there's some good ones and some bad ones and some middle of the road ones and some whatever, right? Obviously there's going to be stronger and weaker, but in, in various stages of development, but I guess the, the frustration I have is that it, a lot of the feedback is discounted because it's just junior sailors complaining. And it's like, why are they complaining? Why is there so much of it? And why is it so constant? And why is it all targeted at the chief's mess? There's clearly something going on here. And it's, it's related to the way in which we interact with junior enlisted sailors. And I'm curious to think what you guys think as always, um, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm gonna definitely exploit this Reddit platform uh, as I have more time. Getting ready to go to sea again in this in the near future, but then I'm rolling ashore duty here in the fall, and uh, I'll have a lot more time to engage on that platform, engage on social media platforms, put out more content, etc. Working on more training material to put on the website, working on more YouTube videos, a lot of stuff. I'm kind of chipping away at, but I again, you know, I'm operational right now, so I'm pretty busy, but. Uh, it's coming. The t-shirts are on the way. I'm pretty psyched about that. I should have them next week. I think I'll put them up on the store. If you're interested, grab one, uh, help us, uh, help us pay ourselves back for all this crap we've had to buy, uh, to support this, this medium. Uh, it's certainly not a a for, for profit enterprise at all at this point. I just saw it, you know, I seem like people were super interested in the stickers and pins and all that stuff. Um, so I put those up in the store so you can get one if you want one. Uh, and then the t-shirts are coming to, uh, just to support, uh, in any way that you can. Uh, it's definitely a couple thousand bucks into this and, and I, there's more stuff I want to do, but I need money to do it. So, uh, that's all that's for. Um, and then as always, if you need anything, hit us up. Don't give up the shit podcast at gmail.com. You can Facebook message us. Don't give up the shit podcast, or you can DM me on Instagram at D podcast. Uh, interested to to know kind of like what you guys think the, that just underlying angst that I continue to see over and over again, op-eds in the Navy Times, uh, just conversations I have with sailors. I see it on Reddit. I see it on every other social media platform. I hear it from you guys when you when you do utilize the mechanisms I have to provide feedback uh, directly to the podcast. And it's it's there's a thread, man. There's a constant common thread, and I keep hearing the same thing. And I'm interested to see what that's all about. Like at its essence, not. I know we'll always get negative feedback as leadership. Uh, it's it's inevitable. There's no way we're ever going to make everyone happy, but there's something unique going on in my 18 years. I've never seen this kind of uh, frustration with the Chiefs mess, and I'm curious. Where's it coming from? Why? What can we do about it? Uh, hit me up. Any of the mediums that I just said. 
that's it. That's all I got for you today. More to come soon. Uh, Navy App Locker episode. I will record probably tomorrow, and then I've got another one on deck. Uh, we did got the Blue Jacket here episode recorded, so that's coming. Good luck to everyone with advanced results coming out tomorrow, and that's it. Thank you so much for listening, and don't give up the shit. <laughs> <laughs>